What a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. The sun, 93 million miles away, should remind us of the sun of righteousness. As I mentioned last Lord's Day from Malachi chapter 4, he is called the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness. Let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, the book of philosophy in the divine library that God has given us. Written by Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, the wisest man on earth. Yet we know one that is wiser than he, Amen. and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. This is lesson number 35 and 36 from our preaching through this book a number of years ago. I want to read the first five verses. Ecclesiastes 8. Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God. Be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Amen. Who is as the wise man? The wise man is a collective noun here for wise men. It's not Solomon. He's the one writing. Who is as the wise man? They are exceptional and incomparable. They're very rare. I want every one of you men to be the fulfillment of the first question of this chapter of Scripture. Who is as the wise man? Who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? The interpretation of a thing. Not the interpretation of Scripture. The interpretation of situations the interpretation of God's works, the interpretation of polit political movements. Who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? Joseph did in Egypt, that's for sure. He was as a wise man. His face shone from a heart that was pure and full of wisdom. Pharaoh recognized it and immediately put him in power over everyone else in the kingdom except himself. Right. Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? I want that for every one of you men. I want that for myself. That we would be wise men. That we would know how to interpret things. A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine. There's an outward expression on a man's face. We even recognize it. This is a minor point. On infants that are born, you can tell when a baby is born by the dullness or the brightness of its face to some measure what kind of intelligence that child has. A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Two points here. Wisdom is in a man's heart. And a man's heart that is full of wisdom, and a man's heart that is cheerful, and a man's heart that is thankful, comes through in a shining face. And that face will change from time to time, depending on circumstances, because of the wisdom inside. He knows there's times for greater austerity, and there's times for greater mirth. 
or merrymaking. And so it's a wonderful verse. It's a single verse lesson from the book of Ecclesiastes. And I pray that each of you men would aspire to this, that this is what you would desire, that this is what you would pray for, and this is what you would labor for in God's word. Much more has been said on it before that can't be said now. The second lesson, or lesson 36 from the book of Ecclesiastes, is in verses 2 through 5. And it refers to our relationship to civil rulers. Here's the preacher giving good counsel regarding matters of politics. Verse 2, I counsel thee. It's wonderful to have a counselor, the likes of the son of David, king of Israel, and God's chosen wise man, and God's chosen philosopher. Here's his counsel. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment. The commandment is singular. That's a collective noun for all of his commandments, laws, and rules. We're to obey the king. And so Solomon's counsel is to do that. And that in regard of the oath of God, because we with an oath say that we're going to obey our government. Even our nation has that little pledge that they quote, where I pledge allegiance. And they go through the United States, one nation under God. And so they're mentioning God here, having set up America, that I'm pledging allegiance to it. And so we've made an oath, even in America, let alone Israel. You carry money in your pocket that I could say, show me your money. In God we trust. That means that you, from a national standpoint, from a money printing standpoint, trust in God who set up this nation. And so verse 2 is simply to tell us that out of conscience toward God, just like we serve a master on the job, out of conscience toward God, we do the same with our civil rulers. Verse 3, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Don't you walk away from him in disrespect. Stand not in an evil thing. Repent and back off of an evil thing that he might find you in. For he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. He doesn't owe anything to you. He doesn't answer to you. You don't even have a right to ask questions. Obey. Submit. Humble yourself. The same way we apply authority in the other spheres. And so there's a warning there in verse 3 that matches up with what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13. That to resist the power is to resist God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation because he does whatever he wants to, and one of those things is cut off your head. Verse 4, where the word of a king is, there is power. There's the cutting off of your head. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Where the word of a king is. Verse 5, whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil, because kings are set up to punish evildoers. Bring your worst monarchs or kings to me, And I will tell you that citizens doing their job under them were not punished. Because they weren't. Otherwise, a government dissolves immediately. God set up governments, and there's no perfect government, and there's no perfect ruler, just like he set up families, and there's no perfect family, and there's no perfect father. But we still submit to the office and the man in the office, and whatever spirit may be motivating him at any given point in time. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil. We get to avoid the sword of the magistrate by submitting and by obeying. 
And so Solomon is teaching us Old Testament truth that matches with New Testament truth. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. A wise man is able to see things happening in government at the highest levels, to see things happening among the populace at the lowest levels, and to recognize things that they're doing themselves or that God is moving in a nation high or low, and he recognizes those differences. I want you to have that wisdom. I want that wisdom. God's Word is the most thorough, complete, 6,000-year history of political changes that's ever been written. And if we learn it, and we're going to try to learn it with a survey here, if we learn it, we should be able to fulfill these five verses. That is my prayer. The Word of God, this library that we have, and I love to think of it as a library with 66 leather-bound, beautiful, gold-gilded books on beautiful shelves in a library to go in there with the fire burning and to sit down in an overstuffed, beautiful leather chair and to pull a volume off and to read it, God's precious Word. It's a beautiful thing. And so here we have the wisest man who was a king. We don't really want to read about kings and politics from a pauper. What's he going to tell us? We want to read them from a king that was the wisest man on earth who was inspired by God, who was David's son, who was Jesus Christ's father, who was loved of God. Yes. And so we have wisdom here for us. Who is as the wise man? I would love to go down the aisle right now and look at each of you men and boys. Who is as the wise man? Will you be a wise man? Sawyer. Will you be a wise man? Amen. Lord, bless us all to be wise men. Amen. Let us all be as the wise man who knoweth the interpretation of a thing, who's able to see past the surface. Everyone else looks at the surface. They cannot see the depth. Even the wicked sometimes know that, like John Maynard Keynes, that only one man out of a thousand can recognize the consequences of inflation. Things like that. Is inflation dealt with in the Bible? Is proper money dealt with in the Bible? It absolutely is. Money is weighed. And I can tell you right now that the money you hold in your pocket has no weight, nor the money that you have at home as computer blips has no weight. But enough on that carnal point. We want to recognize the wisdom of God's Word and submit to it and embrace it and confess it and defend it. May Jesus Christ be praised. Bow your heads with me, please. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, thou and thou only hast the name Jehovah. We praise thee, O Lord. Hallelujah. We praise thee, O Jah. We bless thee. Thou hast created us and the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is and for thyself and for thy pleasure. They are and were created. We thank thee, Lord of heaven, that in your infinite wisdom... 
you ordained authority on earth and you gave offices to men and you gave gifts to men to fulfill those offices and you raised up men to fill those offices and you bound or loosed, you hardened or you enlarged the hearts of those men to fulfill their offices. We humble ourselves before such power. Civil magistrates are far above us. They can cut off our heads, and we understand it, believe it, and embrace it. We thank Thee for all spheres of authority. But we thank Thee this day because You're going to lead us in Your precious Word, Your divine library, to consider things regarding civil government and politics, how a government relates to its people and its people to that government. O Lord, we love Thy government. Thou art the governor of the nations. Thou art the ruler of heaven and earth. Thou reignest over all. And thou holdest those that mock thee in derision. There is no resisting of thy power. None can restrain or hinder thy hand, nor can they ask, What doest thou? You may make a man without arms or legs. Blessed be your glorious name. We deserve less. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, We come before Thee as an assembly today to humble ourselves before the Prince of the Kings of the Earth, our Lord Jesus Christ. We give Him honor and glory today as the blessed and only potentate, and we look forward to that showing of Himself when the whole universe will see His almighty power and tremble before Him, and call for the mountains to fall upon them and hide them from His glorious face. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that the Lord Jesus Christ sits at Thy right hand, wielding a rod of righteousness and a rod of iron, dashing the nations in pieces, and in His dashing... He has so ordained and ordered that we would be born here in America under the greatest blessings of combination that you have ever shown a nation. And we thank thee and bless thee. We thank thee for America. We are moving into the week of thanksgiving where our pilgrim fathers thanked thee, O Lord, for your great blessing, though they had endured enormous hardships the likes of which we cannot comprehend. We can only read of them. They bless Thee, and so we do as well. Holy Father, we thank Thee for our government. We thank Thee for the officials in it. We thank Thee for how You have led them. It is better than our nation deserves. Have mercy upon them. The ones still in office, the ones soon to take office, Bless them with wisdom. Protect them from enemies. Bless them in their homes. Bless them in their marriages. Bless them in their hearts. Bless them in bodily health. Help us to use our privilege as American citizens to worship Thee more perfectly, Heavenly Father, without the hindrance of persecution, without the hindrance of poverty. We are blessed. 
O Lord, now we thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee that Thou didst inspire it and preserve it. Not only that, You opened our hearts to love it, to understand it. You opened eyes and ears to see and to hear. You sent men with beautiful feet to preach it to us so that we might understand the things that are freely given to us of Thee, that we might understand mysteries that are unknown to all natural men. We thank Thee for Thy divine library. We tremble before it. We rejoice before it. We're giddy with mirth when we read it. It is so full of wonderful wisdom. We bless Thee this day. And Heavenly Father, now we thank Thee for the presence of Thy Holy Spirit among us, a gift given to us 2,000 years ago, purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ to have You among us, within us, inhabiting this temple. O Lord, lift us up by thy Spirit today, that our hearts might rejoice, our minds might be enlightened, all doubts and confusion, fear and and, uh, distraction will fall away, that we might embrace the truth as you've shown us, that we might go forth from this place confident and happy as your sons and daughters in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, so that we might shine as lights in this world. Forgive us our sins, our many sins. Forgive us. We thank Thee for every blessing that we have of every sort. All that we have prayed, we we pray for all our brethren, wherever they might be this day, alone or in flocks, and their shepherds. We pray for everything that we have asked of ourselves for them. Now be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, the God of Jacob, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the giver of the Holy Spirit to each of us that believe on his Son.